0: Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, Pastor Don Cherie Wilkerson continues our collection of talks, This is VU, in this message, The Most Excellent Way, sharing how we can live lives of excellence that reflect God. Excellence starts with a commitment to progress. Let's lean into the message together
1: we look to our values today, we're studying the value that excellence is our spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, excellence is our spirit. Write it down in your journal if you're watching online. You know what? I've come to believe that excellence moves the heart of God in a very unique way. That we serve a God that when you look across a perfectly manicured lawn, every single blade of grass individually formed and created, crafted by the hands of a living God. That when we go to colder climates, where there are blizzards or snowstorms, that this beautiful geometric phenomenon of every single snowflake, uniquely handcrafted by God, that every sunrise and every single sunset, unique, different, a work of art, never a repeat, never pulled out from the past and just regurgitated. Our God is a God of excellence, amen? And it's inspiring when we realize the beauty and the depth and the intricacy of the God that we serve. And and really, I believe that, that God has given us a picture through His Word and through the person of Jesus and through our lives that are meant to be reflections of the God that we love, that our spirits should carry the same excellence that we see all around us through His incredible hands. You may never know that anyone is watching the way that you live your life day in, day out, but I wanna remind you today that God is watching and that He has a special place in His heart for people who value every moment that he gives them, for, who, for people who dig in and pour out and carry the spirit of excellence. And so today, I wanna talk to you for the next few minutes on this thought, the most excellent way. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? God, thank you for this moment. I sense your presence in this room. I sense that you've already opened up our hearts to your word and God, change us by the power of your spirit. Thank you for all the stories represented in this room and the way that you want to be the writer of every single story, the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Let our hearts carry the spirit of excellence that you exemplified to us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, a couple weeks ago, actually it was probably about a week and a half ago, I went to return something at the store. I'd had it for a few months. My mother-in-law had bought my husband Rich some slippers. And they didn't fit him. And so I was returning them. And when I went to the store, I know the store really well. I know what they're all about. They have a great customer service policy, they're great with returns and exchanges. I walked in confident that it was going to be a smooth experience. And as I walked into the store, I went to the first customer service rep that I saw. I walked up to her and I said, hi, can you help me, I'm gonna make a return. And she took me over to the counter and she started to do it. And very quickly, she started to get really frustrated with me. And the tide started to turn and I started to feel, okay, this is a different experience, not exactly what I expected. And she, she got so frustrated to the point where she said, you know what, I can't do this, I'm sorry, no, this isn't gonna work out, like I don't have, you're, you're gonna have to go upstairs. And I said, okay, where upstairs? She said, to to, to the customer service desk upstairs. I said, okay, I've done a lot of returns down here, but can you just help me? It's a big store, and so she started to describe it to me, and she was done with me, and I went my way, and she went hers, and I went, man, this is not what I expected. I went upstairs completely different experience. They were kind, they were warm. Within five minutes, man, I had my gift card to get him the right pair of slippers, and I was out the door. And I walked out the door thinking to myself, you know, I've been a customer of this place for over a decade. I love this place. I think they have the best values. I think they treat people so well. But this person that I just encountered did not represent the spirit of this store. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like this exchange did not represent the heart of what I think this place is all about. And I think when it comes to representing the greatest story ever told, that we have to realize that we are walking talking message boards for the gospel of Jesus Christ and that every single exchange, friends, we're not selling slippers. We are proclaiming the free gift of salvation. We have the best story ever told. And when people encounter us, what did they encounter with our spirit? What do they see? Because the Word tells us that our lives are a letter that the world can read simply by looking at us. And when we look to the Word of God, this phrase or this value that we carry as Voo Church, that we, that we wanna have excellence as our spirit, it's not just something beautiful or flowery that we made up, it's actually a principle that we see throughout the Word of God, that our spirit should be excellent. And one very clear example that we see in the Word of God is through a young man named Daniel. Daniel's story is found in the book of, Bible, in the, book of the Bible that is his namesake, and we see the story of Daniel that this young man carries the spirit of excellence in a godless nation. You know, in 2022, we have a lot of different headlines, right? You can stay up late at night and get caught in a downward spiral, just flipping through the latest news headlines. But the headlines in Daniel's time were very dire also. Daniel did not grow up in an easy environment or an easy day and age. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he had overtaken Jerusalem, and the king had ordered that all the young men All the young men of nobility, that they be taken and trained in his palace, that they be taught all the ways of Babylon, that they be educated in the language, in the history, in the knowledge. And so all of these young men are taken to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. And he took every young man who was well-informed, who was handsome, who was quick to be educated, he took the best of the best. And among those that are chosen is a man named Daniel. And he has a couple friends that we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the Word of God tells us that he's trained for three years, and then he enters into the king's service, that he is educated in all the ways of Babylon. He learns the languages. He learns the history. And this is what the Word of God tells us in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Then this Daniel, in other words, maybe there's some other guys named Daniel, but we're talking about this guy right here. This specific man has set himself apart. Don't be confused. This Daniel became distinguished. Somebody say distinguished. Above all other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. This is extraordinary that this young man who is taken into captivity, brought to a foreign nation, actually rises to the top of this godless, pagan nation. And it's not because he was shouting to everyone to come and serve the God that he served. Rather, it was because he chose in every area of his life to be distinguished, to apply himself, to be excellent, to rise above mediocrity. And his life spoke for itself. And he rose far beyond the ranks of what was expected for his age or his Background or his story, God did a miracle through him because he carried the spirit of excellence. And this should really inspire some people because I want to tell you uh, Daniel did not work in a church where things were easy, where everybody around him served and applauded the God that he served. Rather, he was in a pagan, godless nation, and God placed him there and used him. That should encourage some people going to work on a Monday morning, where you're walking in going, God, I feel all alone. I feel like my back is up against the wall. You don't realize that God has placed you there, and that the spirit of excellence, way that you represent Jesus without even saying his name, the way that you look into people's eyes, serve others, study to show yourself approved, that you are drawing people to the person of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it today, let's put our hands together. It's powerful. This spirit of excellence. You know, excellence is something that people are actually drawn to. People wanna be a part of an excellent place. Make no mistake today. It matters that we pour everything we have into living an excellent life. It is a magnet that draws people in. And it really matters that every single day we lean into the moment to what God wants to create as we fully surrender our time, our talent, and our treasure to him. You know, excellence is all around us. If you look for it, I I think that excellence, one of the most beautiful pictures of excellence is when you rolled on this parking lot, when you logged on today to watch and someone is hosting service with you right now. The the parking attendant waves you in with with a twinkle in his eye and a smile on his face, joy in his heart, making a place for you to walk in. And before you even walk through the doors, you already feel loved and respected. I think excellence is the people that waited outside the door to greet you as you walked in who got up early this morning and got their kids dressed and got them fed so that so that they could make you feel loved and at home. I think excellence are the teams that make Voo Church what it is. We don't have sloppy teams, we have dedicated leaders who take every season seriously. I think excellence are the crew coaches, the crew leaders, the small groups of our church that say, we're not just gonna gather large, but we're gonna disperse across this city. We're gonna value every single season because we don't know how long we'll have on this earth. But while we're here, we're gonna herald the greatest message that's ever been told. We know. When we show up, God shows out. Come on, does anybody believe it today? Excellence is all around you. I think excellence is found every single Sunday morning as we have our VU huddles and our VU rallies. Because you don't know this, but every Sunday before you walk in, before you turn on the TV, we gather together as a team to worship to be encouraged by the word, to celebrate community, to change the atmosphere before you ever experience. You say, Don Shree, that seems a little extra. You're right, it is extra. It's called excellence and it takes effort, it takes sacrifice, but it is attractive to those that don't know the God we serve. It makes them go, what's that about? That place is different. That guy's different. She's different, she doesn't have to be that way. Why is she that way? You know, the act of excellence is so compelling. And when we we really look through the Word of God, the story of the Bible from beginning to end is the story of Jesus. And nobody personifies excellence better than Jesus. I mean, Jesus is excellence. He walked a perfect, Sinless life. He gave his life for us. He didn't commit a sin, but he gave his life so that we could be forgiven of past, present, and future sins, so that we could know that we're a part of a family and that we're loved by Father God. Jesus personifies excellence. As he walked on this earth, he lived an excellent life. But now, as followers of Jesus, we get to carry that same spirit and reflect the spirit of the excellent God that we serve. Today, I wanna look at the Apostle Paul. This was a man of excellence, but he also was dedicated relentlessly to calling the early church to live out the excellence of the God that they served. He wrote so many different letters that traveled around the world. He planted churches around the world. He gave his life away. He was relentless in his pursuit to draw the early church closer to the heart of God and to be formed and fashioned in God's image. When we look to the life of Paul and to his letters, we see him time and time again challenge the early church and challenge us to carry the spirit of excellence. Philippians chapter four, verse eight challenges us that if excellence is a path, that friends, we have to understand that the excellent way holds practice. Somebody say practice. The excellent way holds practice. Philippians chapter four, verse eight. and I love this scripture, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Say that with me, think about such things. One more time, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into Practice, and the God of peace will be with you I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Come on, let's put our hands together. That's God's word for you today. You can do all these things through him who gives you strength. And how can you do it? When you choose to practice. That entire passage is Paul saying, friends, you haven't yet attained it, but how do you walk out this path of following the way, Jesus? By practicing, practicing what you think. Practicing how you act. Practicing your peace. Did you know that you could practice your peace? Sometimes all of us, we're just waiting around. We need peace. God, we need peace. Put your peace into practice. Start to actually choose what you're thinking about. Because hear me today, your thought process affects your spirit's rest. You have to take responsibility that if there's some uneasiness inside of you today, if there's some some anxiousness inside of you today, could it be the pathways of your thoughts are leading you there? Because you know your thoughts, they are pathways. Every single thought that enters your mind invites you to go in a certain direction. And how often can you and I be lured in by the thoughts of the enemy and find ourselves so quickly in a downward spiral, a feeling out of control, a feeling of self-worthlessness, a feeling insecurity, a feeling like we don't have what it takes. Friends, you've chosen a path. Your thoughts are paths. And followers of Jesus, we've gotta follow the example of Jesus. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, hey, think on these things. Go go this route, there's an excellent way. Why don't you choose to think about these things? Sometimes it's hard to get on the same page as God though. My, my sons are learning obedience. <laughs> I'm like, man, we're gonna be doing this for a while. <laughs> Daily conversations about obedience with Wyatt and Wilde. I was studying last night and I had to go split them up in their beds and put them in separate rooms. They were having a rager last night. But every night the question is, mom, can we watch a movie, can we watch a movie? And the other night I said, Wyatt, we're not gonna watch a movie. We're gonna read a book and go to sleep. He said, mom, I really wanna watch a movie. I said, Wyatt, we're not gonna watch a movie, I'm sorry. He said, well, can I go ask dad? I said, no, you can't go ask dad. Because if you go ask dad, he's gonna say the same thing that I say. Your dad and I are on the same page. And he said, well, mom, why are you and dad on the same page and me and Wilde are on a different page? (laughs) And I think when it comes to our thought process, I think so often we're looking at God going, God, why are you on this page? And I'm on another page. And God's going, if you just get on my page, there's peace on my page. There's purpose on my page. There's everything that you seek on my page. Think on these things. Come on, look at your neighbor today and say, think on these things these things peace takes practice excellent thoughts take practice he says i've learned to be content oh so he's been practicing being content he's been practicing soaking in the season that he is in but friends we choose those ways i put i put into um, maps google maps or into my Ways app like every place i go i'm directionally challenged. Anybody directionally challenged? Yeah, friends, pray for me. Not an excellent, not an excellent portion of my life. But when I put it in there, it tells me all the different possible ways to get to my destination. It'll tell me where there's a rep It'll tell me where there's traffic. It will tell me where I can move quickly. And I just wanna stay on this for one more minute because I think somebody really needs to realize that your thought pathways, they can lead you into collisions that you never saw coming. They can lead you into thought jams that keep you in places of turmoil and pain where you can't sleep at night. And friends, it's because you're choosing the paths of your thoughts. Today, God has called us to choose the excellent way. Whatever's true, whatever's honest, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, if anything's excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think on these things. How quickly our thought process start to reflect the pace and the destination of the culture around us. We start to practice criticism. We start to practice assumptions. We start to practice gossip. We start to practice not trusting others. We start to practice putting up walls in our heart. This is not the practice that you need in your life. There is an excellent way, and it's found through the the practice of the promises of God. Perhaps you become familiar with the things that God has given you. And instead of having excellent thoughts about what God has entrusted to you, you've become familiar and it's breeding contempt. Now there's there's a very famous quote that familiarity breeds contempt. Contempt is disregard for something that should be taken into account. Contempt is is that anger that's deep down and that you can't see it, but it bubbles up to the surface and, and little comments that you say on the side. Uh, a little, a little sarcasm here, a little disrespect there, a little distrust here, a little combo there, a little got. It goes, goes, goes. And it's just, it just bubbles, bubbles, bubbles to the surface. But down deep, there's become a familiarity that has caused you to take something for granted. And it's led you to a place where you now resent the one thing that you once loved. And I wanna talk to you about this because it is not the excellent pathway that God has called you to. And it will lead you to a path of destroying everything good in your life if you become familiar. And we do this. We become familiar with God. We become familiar with the goodness of God, the grace of God, the gift of salvation, the blessing of the community that God's given us. We become familiar with our job. We become familiar with our spouse. Did you know that relationship studies show that the top indicator for divorce is this word contempt? Contempt. It is the top indicator that a relationship is headed towards destruction, why? Because if you start to resent that person, the person that you once loved, there is no hope because you don't value them any longer and you are attacking the value of their life. And we become familiar and we start to have contempt in our lives for our spouse, for our family, for our church, for our job, for our purpose, for our calling. And I just wanna caution you, it leads to destruction. What you once saw as excellent, you now see as overreaching. What you once saw as fun, now, oh, that's forced. Once, what you once saw as an opportunity, now you see as an obligation. That's when familiarity breeds contempt and God talks about it time and time again to the Israelites. He says, no, you're treating me with contempt, and it angers him, and it brings judgment upon them, and he has to right their hearts and bring them back to him, why? Because they became familiar with his blessings. They became familiar with his goodness. He draws them out of Egypt, out of captivity and slavery. And then all of a sudden, familiarity with the goodness of God has them crying out, we should go back to Egypt. Things were better there. And God says, what's happening? You're treating me with contempt. And friends, that is not the excellent way. The excellent way says, I am fully aware of what God has entrusted to me. I'm aware of the goodness of God. I'm aware of the grace of God. I'm aware of how wonderful it is that God has saved me and set me free. I'm not going to become familiar. No, I'm going to think about things that are excellent, that are praiseworthy, that are pure, that are lovely. I'm going to elevate my thoughts, and when I start to think the excellent way, my eyes are open to even more that God's given me. God goes, I've given you even more than you think. Gratitude opens your eyes to everything that God has given Resourcefulness is the way of excellence. When you go think on these things, all of a sudden your thoughts get larger and larger and larger and larger because you realize how much God has actually given you. The excellent way holds practice. Practice your gratitude. Practice the pathways of excellent thoughts. But also the most excellent way, it holds progress. Somebody say progress. I love this scripture and I'm not gonna stay on it long, but I think it's beautiful within the context of this conversation. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he says, he says, and now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy in their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege That's an excellent thought process. The privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you, he's talking to the Corinthian church, since you excel in everything, in faith in speech in knowledge in complete earnestness and in love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. It's pretty cool because Paul is encouraging the early church. Yeah, you're on the path of excellence, but there's even more. And he's writing to one church about other churches who in the midst of their extreme poverty with the heart of generosity, actually welled up to create a miraculous offering for the local church. You go, how does extreme poverty and a heart full of gratitude well up to miraculous generosity? That's called an excellent excellent path. That's called trusting and believing God, taking Him at His word. But Paul's writing the church in Corinth, and he's saying, listen, you've excelled in speech, you've excelled in serving, you've excelled in all these areas. Now I want you to look at this other church's example and I want you to continue on the path of progress that is found in excellence. He says you've excelled in all these other brackets but there's even more growth. And that's the most encouraging thing for us as followers of Jesus, that God's always saying there's more. There's more inside of you. There's more light to shine within you. There's more love to pour out inside of you. I don't know what this year has held for you, but I wanna speak over you in faith that this is your year of excellence. This is your year of progress. Come on, if you believe it today, this is your year of stepping into the more that is found. Oh, come on, somebody got that today. Let's put our hands together. This is your year. This is your year. I'm excelling. I'm excelling. He says, you've excelled in faith. You've excelled in speech. You've excelled in knowledge. let's, Let's shoot for your generosity now because these guys over here, they have way less than you, but they gave it and God did a miracle. So take note of their example and let the way that they walk excellently propel you forward into the way that God is calling you to walk. Can I tell you friends, excellence is not stationary. Sometimes when we think of excellence, we think of like finishing the book and it's done, finishing the project, and and you've crossed every T and you've dotted every I, but excellence is not about finishing and just being done. Excellence is a commitment to the path. It's a way of excellence. So I'm not looking for perfection. What am I looking for? I'm looking for progress. That's why the apostle Paul, he's like, hey, let's keep going. There's more for you. You've been going a few years, you got more in you. You got a lifetime path in front of you. Keep trusting me. doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for 30 years, friends, there's more on the path of excellence for you. More growth, more inspiration, more divine design, that destiny that he created within you. Excellence is always evolving. I talk about my kids a lot because I just see the patience of God with me as I watch my kids. It's true. It just makes me so grateful for God and the way that he's just patient with me on my individual path of excellence. Now, my kids are four years old, two years old, and 10 months old. I have two boys and a baby girl. and My daughter, Waylon, is 10 months old. And can I tell you, she can do a mean army crawl right now. That girl glides across our floors. It looks like she's ice skating, but she's doing army crawls. She just carries herself with ease. You guys, she can go up and down stairs. Like she's like a little centipede. She's unbelievable. And I watch her and I'm like, you are excellent. That army crawl is, look at that upper body strength. Look at the way you are doing that. And she's excellent. But how many of you know that if I were to get around today by doing army crawls, that wouldn't be excellent for my season of life? Why? Because excellence is a pathway of progress. And what's excellent for Waylon at 10 months will not be excellent for her even at one year. Every single day, it is taking everything within her to grow into who God has called her to be. She's breaking new teeth. She's getting new muscles. She's trying new food. She's learning new words and she's growing and she's growing and she's growing. And sometimes it keeps her up late at night. And sometimes she gets a fever because her body is fighting something. And sometimes she gets frustrated and overwhelmed with all the emotions and Side of her but I just got to keep encouraging her keep on growing girl you're doing exactly what you were born to do and I want to look at you today and say the same thing keep fighting keep leaning into who God's called you to be don't be overwhelmed by the stretch you're doing great and you're making progress come on let's give God praise He's a patient, well-paced God. He is with us today. Keep on going. Don't quit. It's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon to bow out on what God has called you to do. Now, The excellent, the excellent way holds practice, it holds progress, but it also holds purpose. Rich talked on it a few weeks ago, but I think it's beautiful how these scriptures weave together to give us a beautiful picture of the spirit of excellence in the Word of God. Paul again, writing to the early church in Corinth, he says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Everyone say one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ears should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I love the realistic convos that Paul is playing on in this passage. Because when it comes to the body of Christ, we all play a very specific, unique part. And we're called to play our part excellently. And Paul plays on the mind games that you and I, that we buy into when we allow our thought pathways to lead us astray. He tells us, don't buy in to the lies of the enemy that say you don't belong here. You belong here. It's just that your part looks different from everybody else. And then he goes to the opposite side of the pendulum and he says, and don't buy into the lies that your part is the entirety of the body. Friends, you could never be the entirety of the body. You're just a part. Instead, he says, let's celebrate other parts of the body when they're being honored, and let's grieve and mourn with other parts of the body when they go go through loss and pain. Why? Because we are all one body, but playing many different parts. Put your hand over your heart. Say, I wanna play my part. My unique part. Hear me today, the body of Christ that we are all a part of, it is a body that is framed and exemplified in diversity. We all play a unique part and we all come together to preach the greatest message ever told to the world around us. Excellence is framed in diversity. When I watch a movie, I'm not trying to go watch a new movie that's just like the old movie that I loved. I want a new movie, a new storyline, a new plot, new actors, new ideas, new thoughts, but they're all excellent if they're a good movie. When it comes to the Michelin star rating, uh, they're not the same chefs at the restaurants. They're not trained at the same universities. They're not even the same flavors or styles of food, are they? No, they're all different, but they're all recognized for what? Their excellence, meaning that when you are the unique, once in history person that God has called you to be, not a regurgitation of the world around you, that God's excellence can flow through you. And Paul is saying, play your part. Play your part because the path of excellence, it has a purpose. and You got to know your purpose and how it fits into the overall vision of the body of Christ. The end of this chapter, it's really beautiful because he talks about the body. Then he talks about the spiritual gifts. And then the very last phrase is a complete cliffhanger. Don't you? Do you hate cliffhangers or do you love them? Who loves them? I love a good surprise, you guys. Don't, don't tell, them. I love a good surprise. And this is the ultimate cliffhanger in this letter from Paul. He finishes writing about how we all have a purpose together, all these spiritual gifts, how we are called to live a life of excellence all for the glory of God. And then he leads us with a cliffhanger as the very last verse. And it is the title of this message. He says this, and yet, everybody say, and yet. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. Does anybody wanna know what it is? I will show you the most excellent way. Heck yes, Paul, show me the most excellent way. I wanna know how for my life to be lived in excellence. And friends, he ends the chapter with the cliffhanger that leads us into the most prolific declaration of excellence that you will ever read. It's 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship, then I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, right? This is the path of progress. But when I became a woman, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face. To face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, say it with me, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Why is love the most excellent way? Because love is the only thing that will endure. The accolades, they'll pass away. Even the pain or the sorrow that you're walking through today, it will be gone in the future. But there's only one thing that endures the test of time. And Paul knew that love never fails. The love of Jesus is eternal. It's never diminished. It never weakens. It's never warped or changed. No, the power of God's love stands the test of time. From age to age, it is eternal eternal. Come on, if you believe it. Aren't you thankful for the love of Jesus today? And Paul is saying to us, he's saying to the early church, and he's saying to you and I today, keep doing the things you're doing. Don't get lazy. Don't get passive. Don't get familiar. Don't sit on the wall. No, dive into every single thing that has called you to do. Be found in the stretch. Be found in the tension. Be found on the path. But as you walk, let every single step be filled with the love of your heavenly Father that propels you forward, that energizes you, that wells your spirit up with generosity so you can wake up every day and do it all over again. Paul's not saying just don't care about anything. Just have heart in your, lo- just have love in your heart. No. He's saying quite the opposite. He's saying do it all. Play your part with excellence. Lean into the season that God has entrusted to you. But understand that as you do it, it's the love that sets you apart. That's why I love, I love my city. Yesterday's powerful. It's not just something that we do. It's who we are. I look forward to the day that I love my cities are full of tens of thousands of people who catch a revelation. I'm gonna serve my city. This is the way I'm gonna raise my kids. My teenagers will be found in the house of God. I'm gonna surround my coworkers with a purpose that goes beyond their task. I'm gonna bring them to serve and to give. And we, we gathered large and we dispersed all over the city, 26 different outreaches serving foster care, serving children in our city, feeding the homeless, giving gifts to those that are in need, writing letters to children that are in hospitals. You go, Don sure I've done that, I've been there. Keep doing it. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't become familiar with what God's entrusted to us. This is our plot. We're gonna hold it down. We're gonna serve. We're gonna give for the rest of our life, not just for a season. If we love it, It's love and love alone. You know, when I think about Paul and I think about his path, I think about his life, that his name needs to be Saul, right? And Saul hated Christians. They weren't even called Christians, and they were called the way. So as we're talking about the way of excellence, Paul, Saul hated the way. The Word of God says he was breathing murderous threats. That's heavy. That he was getting letters from the authorities so that he could imprison the followers of the way. He was highly educated, highly respected, a leader in his society, someone who had influence, someone who had a voice, someone who was at the top tier. And yet this man hated Christ's followers because he deemed them heretics, And he thought that this message of the gospel should be shut down and silenced. And he was giving everything he had to make sure of it. Until Jesus decided, this guy just doesn't know how much I love him. And on the road to Damascus to imprison followers of the way, Jesus encountered Saul. He said, Saul, why do you persecute me? He thought he was persecuting Christians. He didn't know that he was persecuting the Savior of the world. And it did not deter the Savior of the world from saving him. Changes his life. He's a radical conversion to now be a follower of the way. And he had no idea what God had called him to. But from the voice of God, let me tell you what God says. God says, this man is my chosen instrument. Everyone say chosen instrument. To carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. He was a chosen instrument. And I wanna tell you today, you're a chosen instrument. I don't know how far away from God you are. I don't know how long you've made fun of followers of Jesus. I don't know how long that you've had your back to the message of hope that comes again today as an open invitation from heaven. But I wanna let you know in one moment, your life can be radically transformed by the love of Jesus that we're talking about today. And when I think about the words of God saying, this is my chosen instrument to carry the message of God around the world before kings and the many nations. I go, well, why did he choose him? Well, if you think about it, the only thing that Paul was missing was the one thing that he really needed, it was love. But Paul was already leading in a very godless way towards our Jesus that we love. He was leading a path of excellence. He had immersed himself in what he truly believed. He was sacrificing, he was giving, he was studying to show himself approved, and God looked at him and said, he's so determined to persecute me, I could use some grit like this. me anymore. He'll propel my message forward. I'll use the spirit of excellence in him transformed by the power of my love and my grace and I'll use his one life to take the message of the gospel around the world and he'll suffer for me and he'll give for me. He'll spend sleepless nights for me. He'll live in dark nights cold for me. He'll be jailed for me. He'll be misunderstood for me. He'll be judged for me. He'll be humiliated for me. He'll be isolated for me. But I see something in that young man's spirit that I can use to carry my and let me just tell you right now that you may feel so far, but the things that God has placed within you when surrendered to Him will be used for good. Why? Because you are destined to walk the excellent path. You are destined and that drive inside of you, that self ambition can be turned to a holy ambition. That selfishness can be turned to surrender. That, that, that feeling of just desiring the credit can be turned to being a megaphone to give God the glory that he deserves. It just happens in a moment like this, when you surrender, 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 you'll find the most excellent way. If he did it for Paul, he'll do it for you. He'll change everything about you and he'll use all the characteristics and unique qualities that he's placed within you for his message. He wants you. And just like he came for Saul and changed him so radically that he got a new name and it was Paul, he's come for you today. He loves you, he wants you, and he wants to free you, forgive you, and use you so that you can find the most excellent way.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we wanna create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you wanna say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life, be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps on your faith journey. Go to vuchurchcom online. We love you.